There you are. about the music welcome to the intern whisper live the show about all internships and how to excel and do well this is matt this is isabella a reminder to our listeners you can call us live on the air the phone number is 407-582-2906 you can also chat with us online through intern pursuits facebook live chat and we have some really exciting news we're going to be revealing our new logo um, stay tuned. It's going to be seen later this week. All right. Coming up in this episode of the Intern Whisper Live, we're going to meet Louis. Do you want to help me with Orbegoso. that? Orbegoso. Orbegoso, our guest for tonight's show, Inspiring Leaders, and our wild card topic, California Living. So how can you find us? You can find Intern Pursuit on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also find our Intern Pursuit game on Facebook and Twitter, and you can listen to us live on MixLR4.com forward slash Valencia College Radio and follow Intern Whisperer. You can watch us live on Facebook, and you can call us live on the air. The phone number again is 407-582-2906 and chat with us online. So we're hoping that we have some of our traditional followers keeping up with us. Who's our first patron, Matt? RB Advisory. RB Advisory offers cybersecurity services to businesses worldwide. They're security specialists for cloud, computer, network, and compliance issues. RB Advisory addresses active threats to organizations, patching network vulnerabilities, and preventing future attacks to your business and information. Their website is rbadvisoryllc.com. Thank you, RB Advisory, for being a patron of the Intern Whisperer. So, for our listeners, we normally have all of our really great game music that we play, and tonight we do not have that available, so no worries, you'll be able to hear that uh, again on our next show. So, tonight's guest is Louis, Louis Orbegoso. So, we want to, before we go and start talking with him, I want to share some additional updates. Students, if you want to join our startup team and be an Interim Pursuit student influencer or brand ambassador, go to internpursuit.tech forward slash careers to check out the job descriptions and apply to be part of our superhero team. And we're inviting employers of all types and sizes to be a part of our early adopter beta program. Early adopter pro uh, employers will be accepted to participate and you get some special perks. So contact me, Isabella, at internpursuit.tech for more information. So welcome, Louis. Welcome. Yay. I'm so yes. happy. Again. So we're, we're still working through some things. You know, you might be appearing on the screen here. We're not sure. We're going to see how it goes. Um, I'm going to let Matt kick off with the first question. All right. So where did you attend school and what was your major? Yeah, great question. So I attended Rollins College. I graduated with a international business degree. And my focus was pretty much marketing after graduating. It was a pretty, uh, pretty wild ride, if you ask me, after graduating. Isabella can tell you a little bit more about it as well. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of debate on uh, the career path that you were going to go. I know I remember that. We talked about sales. We talked about um, different types of uh, marketing. And so some of the clients that you worked with when you were in your intern 
internship with me was uh, Details Flowers. That was one of the clients that you worked with. And she's like killing it right now. She's gotten, you know, more money. She's actually um, getting more clients. That's more desirable than getting money, honestly, is to have clients. So you don't need people's money. But uh, she's doing really, really well. That's it here. Corrine, right? Yes. Corrine Heck. Yeah, she hasn't come on as a guest yet. I still have to get her scheduled to come on the show. Yep. So why don't you tell our listeners, um, what is it that you were doing when we were working with Kareen? Because it was, it was a, a sales aspect of it. Do you remember what you were doing? Yeah, it was. So pretty much once I came in, um, we were trying to revamp her sales tactics, right? She had like a script as to what to tell florists that she was trying to reach out to. Uh, how to engage them, kind of getting to know, building that personal connection with them Mm -hmm. so that, you know, Details Flowers was not just another, you know, technology for florists around the world, but it was the technology for florists through that connection. That is so true. The technology. That was key. And she would just love you to pieces for saying that. That is true. And she gave us the scripts. Uh, the challenge that you and I had is that we were not we were new into this type of an industry, so right. we didn't know necessarily how to connect, and uh, that was a, a certainly a challenge. But she was very very patient and trying to make sure that we had all not trying. She gave us you know scripts and and um, you know the the coaching that we needed to be able to do that. Um, but it's really uh, a challenge when you go in and you're trying to do script, uh, I mean, uh, cold calls and really even warm calls. And so that's I where imagine. I think we learned yeah. a lot. Would you say, Matt? I imagine because I have no idea how to do that. <clears throat> yeah. It that's takes a, a lot of a skill to learn. A lot, yeah. And uh, Lewis and I would split up, and you know, one would be in one area and the other would be in the other. Uh, we would kind of like listen to each other and be able to say, okay, well, you said this and this and this, so you need to do this. So it's, it's something that you have to have pretty tough skin for, don't you think, Lewis? Oh, definitely. Sales, you got to have a tough skin. You can cry once you get home, but yeah. with the customer, <laughs> you can literally just, you know, you got to stick to the script. Yep, yep, I agree. It is cry when you go home. That's exactly right. So um, what were some of the other things that you worked on? Because I remember that you and I worked on a business plan for Pivot. Yeah. And that was something new that you hadn't done before, and that was a, a labor of love also there. So see, that's one of the things that really uh, I really truly took away from that internship. Once I came into Pivot as an intern. I really didn't know what to expect. It was, you know, one of my new internships at the time. I was a junior, or a senior, rather. And I had only done marketing plans, business plans for a class project, but never for, like, a real-world situation. So when you approached me and say, you know what, Lewis, besides uh, Details Flowers, I need to tell you something. I'm about to pivot, pivot. So I need to redo the business plan for the company and... I need you to help me out. I was just like, okay. So just trying to put my skills right, especially marketing. Uh, I loved how really you just empowered me to stick to that. It's like, all right, so I need you to tell me everything about marketing. What do you think is going to help out pivot? And I'll let you do you. You just come to me if you need any help. So it's really that, you know, platform that you put your interns in 
that help them develop, you know, their own skills, what to get out of it. And yeah, you know, hopefully the business plan that we made, cause I know we've made several changes to that, uh, different entrants came in and also added on to that. They so. sure did. Yep. And even still with that one, um, you know, it, it was always morphing and evolving. And I think that's the takeaway for anybody is that a business plan is a living, breathing document. Um, we used Ibis World to go and pull any of the market research so we would know how big the market opportunity was and what was out there. Um, we also had one of the things that I wasn't doing at that time that I now do is a lot more customer discovery. So finding out what is it that the customers really want and what would, what are their pain points and how to do buyer personas. And I don't think I was doing that then, were we? We weren't. Uh, for the most part, I think that we were just sticking with, you know, business plan, marketing. I know you were staying in touch with your legal uh, advisor, mm -hmm. how to get the contract going and pretty much how we were going to get paid, right? Right. The business plan, you know, main goal is to also get paid. Right. And so the services that Pivot started doing, um, it wasn't as clearly defined. So it was it was kind of broad in scope. I've okay. since refined it down so it's HR consulting and mm -hmm. I do I focus on process anything that's a process that has to be documented which means that I can write business plans I do bigger business plans that are going to be scaling that's yeah. really where my focus is now and then I've also done training um, I've got certified and I don't know if you know this or not Lewis but certified in a tool out of Denmark called estimate so I can do personality assessments Congrats. yeah thanks and it has a grit score so I can focus it towards uh, entrepreneurs and then the other thing is I've put together uh, workshops so I have one workshop that I've been running on a monthly basis so it's, it's on uh, design thinking and how that actually stimulates the the juices inside of the company, you know, all of the people gets them together so that there's more of a team approach to that um, problem that they're trying to solve. And then how are they going to solve that problem and no idea is a bad idea. So I've been doing those on a monthly basis for, gosh, I think five months. Um, the other one is the, uh, servant leadership workshop. I'm almost finished with that, uh, workbook and it's what I tie into the assessment tool uh, along with, um, I want it to be culture, company culture, and that way it could be a monthly, uh, a monthly workshop that I'm doing with businesses to develop different, uh, power skills like empathy or compassion and how that's being um, demonstrated to the people that we the company will serve um, I like the uh, empowerment of course when employees are empowered we can see that they can think for themselves and you spoke about that your uh, your end too because that that even counts for interns the more empowerment people have that there's a, a place of trust yeah. and confidence uh, that they are more likely to speak up. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with that. Um, the way I've been looking at it after graduation, even, you know, it's uh, we are looking for places that are going to value not just our knowledge, our intellect, but who we are as a person. And at the end of the day, if we are giving the right tools, if we follow, you know, 
a good leader, then companies are going to thrive from now on. You know, mm -hmm. that that's my solid belief at this point. Yep, I agree. I agree. I remember when uh, you came back one time and we were talking about you had learned about something new, and it was and none of this is stuff that you've seen before when I was throwing the questions at you, uh, but you told me about mindfulness and how mindfulness needed to be in the uh, workplace. Do you remember that moment? Uh, I kind of do somewhat, just mainly because this past year has been the topic that's been stuck in my head, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, Mainly after graduating from college, you know, usually students will get, or, you know, graduates at this point, will start thinking, okay, what now, right? right. And something that really, really helps out someone is self-awareness or mindfulness. And now that I'm living in California, you know, everyone's all about, oh, it's so good vibes, good energy. But it's the truth, you know? It's all about self-awareness, being aware of truly who you are as a person, what are your skills? You know, what you learn in school is very structured, very technical. And if you try to apply that to the real world, uh, it might work up to a certain extent. But then again, you know, uh, you can't really go back to a teacher and say, hey, I need help with this or hey, I need help with that. You know, you're in the real world now. You're expected to do things. So that's kind of where you learn a little bit more about yourself. And that's where self-awareness comes in. Yep. Yeah. I think that was a really good summation of, of that uh, whole point of self-awareness and mindfulness. So mindfulness is about also being present, you know, being exactly. actually in the moment and not distracted yeah, by the phone. Yeah, that's how I heard about it. Like yeah. focusing on the environment around you, like realize this table in front of us and the microphones and our, in our case, the cameras. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Just we don't pay aware. attention to those anymore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, well, you I don't agree. have to get that deep into it, but you know, just kind of with the people being around you, uh, really paying attention, listening it has been something that I've been trying to focus on as well. Um, listening is actually harder than we make it out to be, you know, yeah, um, so. and it's a good skill to have. Employers really appreciate a person that listens. Yeah. I would agree. And so let's let's take that uh, just that one word and give more of a definition around it. So listening means that we're giving that person undivided attention, meaning we're not distracted by the phone. We're quieting whatever the little monkey chatter is that's going on inside of our head. Right. We're actually looking at the person and giving them, you know, eye contact in this instance, not being distracted by maybe cooking on the stove or or something uh, like a newspaper or maybe the TV is going on in the background. Listening means a lot more than just um, hearing words, I think. And I don't know if people are really as active in their listening skills as they should be because we have so much that's bombarding us. Well, but it's also thinking about and processing what the person said. Exactly. It's not just hearing them. It's you're thinking about what they said, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. What What do you think is the definition of listening there for you, Lewis? Uh, for me, listening is very holistic, right? Uh, I would use active listening just because it's more of a proactive uh, verb at that point, listening mm -hmm. is an active skill. So basically, like Matt was saying, you know, it's not so much just taking in the information, but also reacting, uh, what to say, what to do afterwards mm -hmm. is what really counts, you know? Yeah. So good listening leads to good action, in my opinion. I agree. Uh, 
Yeah. And then from there, you know, it's just like, it's pretty much as in marketing terms, you know, A-B testing, right? So it's kind of like you put in something out and you make a test. Does it work or not? And then from there, you just go on and on and on and keep experimenting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. I agree. I agree. So the um, one of the other things that you and I would have often, you know, many, um, many talks, I guess, or, you know, sharing of of dreams and goals and and things like that and uh, i remember that you and i would do that quite frequently and yeah. you saying wow this is like the most um personal relationship that you had ever had before with a boss and i went really you know that was always it struck me as as kind of funny because i felt like um inside the culture inside of my company is one where we should be able to talk about things that are bothering us or things that we want somebody to know to better understand how to communicate with us or relate with us or just know what it is that's going on in our personal life that could be impacting the job. And I think that that's... um, It's rarer than it should be. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't mean that it's the excuse for why something's going on. It doesn't mean that um, somebody gets to have, like, a free pass and and let it go right. but there's this place where those aspects of life really do have an impact and they do ebb and flow out of work you know certainly flows into our personal life personal life does flow into our our work life and there's this place of you know we need to feel we're in a safe space where we can say things so i feel like that was a um, what I was hoping that I could teach you is that it's okay to share things that as long as you feel that you're in a safe place and you can share something that you should go ahead and do that. You shouldn't have that big separation. Tell me, since you've been in California and you've worked a a couple of jobs Mm -hmm. there, have you found that there is a culture where people can talk a little bit more freely or is it more very structured? Mm -hmm. So if there is anything that, California just kind of like, you know, struck me as is a very open place. That's one of the reasons why I moved this. Well, I just wanted a change of environment. It's kind of more like open thinking, a little bit more of uh, connecting with others. Now, uh, something that I also discovered was not so much with connecting with others, but learning when to connect, right? Uh, Because sometimes you can fall into the strap of, uh, especially in the populated cities like Los Angeles or San Francisco. Uh, people will get to know you just to see how much you can help them out. I know this sounds a little pessimistic, but you know, uh, sometimes people only want you for what you can offer them and then move on. Yeah. Right? So in yeah. companies, it, it's kind of like you know, like you said, in pivot, you have to set that culture. It needs to be strong. Uh, be able to tell them, all right, you know, I'm here for you, whether it's work, whether it's life, and it works especially for the smaller companies because at the bigger companies, you know, you're always working, you have to get it done, you have to meet certain goals. So it depends really on the type of company that you're working in and how strong the culture that you establish is. Yep, I would agree with that. But one of the things that I've seen because I've worked in some really large companies too, one was uh, the Nature Conservancy, a nonprofit. It's global. But something that I've observed, whether it's Siemens and I've talk to friends that work there is there's still hmm? my dad worked there oh okay that's cool um there's still little um micro of the uh the group microcosms of of that same kind of um 
thinking. I, I believe we're meant for relationship. We're built to have relationships with people. And that means that they need to be, you know, genuine. They need to be authentic type of relationships, not where we're trying to um, place blame or point fingers or anything like that. It's more of how do we come together to manage goals and hit goals. So you mentioned that really big companies have goals. It's really important for small companies to have goals. And so before on the uh, the show tonight, I was talking with the software team to really work with them to improve the communication so that they would be able to hit the goal of having something ready by the end of this week. And that just requires that people communicate a lot, that there's that active listening that you use that's true, that they're really um, engaged, they're not distracted by something, yeah. else. especially my team, a lot of my people are all remote. So how do we connect is uh, really important because it's going to be about where the ebb and the flow of the personal life impacts them and okay, but we still need to be able to get this goal done yeah. and we have to get it. How are we going to get it done? Because now, you know, we may be behind schedule half a day. How are we going to get it done? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the, the relationship part where people are pulling together as a team and going, okay, well I can do this and this and this. And somebody else will say, well, okay, I can do this and you know, I'll have it done by this time. And it may, it may not be in traditional work hours either. So I think it's the flexibility of uh, of the culture and but of the people that are on that team and having because I was talking about personality assessments, making sure that you have people that want to talk and be able to share. Sure. I have somebody on the software team that it's uh, been you know sometimes a struggle to be able to get him to open up, but mm. man. He's like come out of his shell in the past few weeks, and I'm really glad to see that. Highly communicating at a much, uh, not just words coming out, but participating and being actively involved and really solving the problems. That's great. It is good. I'm really happy to see that, too. Yep. Anyway, okay, so what was the most valuable thing you took away from your internship? And it can be any of them. It doesn't have to be specific with Pivot, but I know you mentioned the empowerment uh, side of it. What is, uh, I think you've had several, what do you think were the most valuable takeaways from any of your internships? Um, A couple of things. So the empowerment part was really crucial for me just because it helped me understand uh, how I can apply my skills, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, some companies really expect you to just kind of do the work on your own. And I feel that, you know, that's important for you to understand. You know, some companies will let you know, okay, this is what needs to get done. I need you to do it by yourself. Minimal supervision. Um, as far as with my other internships, uh, just kind of connecting with people. So it's the opposite side of the spectrum. I used to give out uh, presentations for um, what is now called Prospera, which help out Hispanic entrepreneurs in the city of Orlando. Mm -hmm. And basically all I did was uh, give presentations to those uh, entrepreneurs as to uh, what are the resources that we offered, what are some of the financial goals that they should be trying to achieve, you know, starting out year one, year two, et cetera, and just, you know, other tidbits as to how to become a successful entrepreneur. And... um, Another internship that I had, you know, was an actual business consultancy, and it was quality of work. So depending on what the quality of your work is, 
uh, that's when you'll get noticed. A lot of people, you know, even when you try to get into a job, for example, will throw out pieces that they worked in college and everything like that, and everyone does it. But it all comes down to the quality of it and what you achieve from it, and if you're able to present that as well. You know what? When I'm thinking about the empowerment, the 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 takeaway that I hope that comes out of it is the ability to solve the problems and critical thinking. So empowerment is good, but I think it leads to critical thinking and the problem solving. And usually what I say to people now is I go, what can you take off of my shoulders? You know, because that's the biggest takeaway for me. And when I talk with um, students and I say, okay, if you're going to go and interview with people, you want to find out during that interview what are their problems and do you see a solution and can you offer a solution when you're having that interview or be able to even be so bold as to say, well, I'd like to be able to take something off of your shoulders. So to do that, I'm going to need a chance where you'll you'll bring me into the company so I can show you what I can do. I think that coming in with that kind of boldness um, and the ability to feel to feel that you are empowered, but use those critical thinking and problem solving skills. That's going to be really huge, and I think key to that. Yeah, and you need to be confident and empowered in yourself oh, absolutely. To, be, to overcome those challenges and such. Yeah, I agree. What are your thoughts, Lewis? I feel like it's overall personal development at that point. You know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. internships. They really helped, not just for me, but, you know, anyone that might take an internship, really help out discover who you really are, you know, as a person, uh, in your field of work, et cetera. It's overall personal development. Um, always work towards a bigger picture. That's going to help you grow even more. And that's, that's pretty much all I got from that. That's pretty good. So why do you think students should take internships? Because sometimes they take just one, and I'll tell them, oh, take as many as you possibly can. Because I think it really broadens your uh, a student's ability to see different industries and different jobs and then pay attention to different people in that company and, and really come in and just realize I'm not just there to do this this job, but there's like a, a lot that goes on in a company. And to really think about it very differently, you know, holistically, honestly, you use that word. Right. So something, and this is my biggest tip as of now and from experience as well, um, internships really put into work what you learn in college or university, or even if you don't go to college, just getting an internship with a high school diploma nowadays, it's just to develop that practical skill, that technical skill that you need. At the same time, uh, employers are now considering internships right, as work experience. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is some employers expect you right out of college to have, what, three, five years experience, and you're just like, hold on a second, I just graduated. You know, mm-hmm. I don't have three to five years experience. But what they really mean is, do you have any sort of experience, you know, internships or anything like that? So as a student, your mentality should be one of learn as much as you can and hustle and, you know, seek those internships. Uh, those internships are made for you guys. Uh, especially the students that are still like, you know, figuring out what they want to do or anything like that. Try them out. Try them out. You know, there is a time and place for everything. You know, it's college. I get it. Everyone wants to party. Everyone wants to have fun uh, on the weekends. But if you're really dedicated as to what you want to do, you will find a way and the opportunities are out there. It just depends how much you, you go after them. 
I think that's really good advice right there because you're you're telling them to be able to make sure that they aren't just there to party, that yeah. they really need to come in to take uh, their classes as it's strategic, and they need to be thinking about what it is that they really want to do. Um, I was having this discussion with a couple of students that I met from UCF, as uh, so they've asked me to be their mentors. And that's uh, exactly what you were just giving that overview. That's exactly what I was talking with them about. Because that most people are still, they're just trying to figure out, who am I? Yeah. And I assure you, it is not exclusive to your age group. It is something that happens every generation because people hit 30, they hit 40, they hit 50. And they're still trying to figure out, okay, well, what do I want to do now? And who am I? Because, you know, they've changed. Some things have changed for them. But, you know, some things have not. So it's just trying to see where do I fit in, what do I have to offer, and it's not exclusive to graduating from college or high school. Exactly. Yeah. And I bet, you know, both of you guys have seen how um, if you sat down and had discussions with your parents, and I, Matt is very close with his family, just like you are also, Louis, um, that you've had discussions with your, your parents and you've seen that, their wisdom that they pass on to you is, well, I did this for a little while, and then I tried this and this and this. And so, you know, they aren't maybe trying to say, okay, you have to do this one thing for all of your life. Yeah. I feel like it's pretty generational, you know. Um, our parents grew up in a way different situation than nowadays. Yeah. And uh, they they were raised under a different uh, mindset, you know? Mm -hmm. If you got a good job by a certain age doing this for the rest of your life, then you're set. And I feel like for people like us, um, you know, for us it's more of like, okay, like what can we do to actually improve this? You know, it's not so much going through the motions, but having fun, having, you know, some, cert some sort of uh, value while doing the motions. So any wisdom that we get from our parents, from any close relatives that we get, it's crucial for your development, but it all depends on how you apply it to your beliefs, your development, right? Well, yeah, and they, like both of my parents went to college and they straight mm -hmm. just took one path and that's the path they took. Yep, so what does your dad and what does your mom do? My dad is an engineer and my mom is a pharmacist and once they committed to those, they... What kind of engineer? Um, he's changed a lot, Um so there has been some change, some growth. In his engineering, yes. Yeah, yeah. Mechanical? Did he start as mechanical engineer? I believe so. Yeah, most people did at that point in time. Yeah. But they climbed the ranks. And so what I've seen is that people generally will well, they'll uh, pick an, an industry and a job. And then mm. after about five years, it's usually about a five-year uh, span of time, They'll get uh, quite a bit of industry knowledge, and they, they're comfortable. They, they feel like, okay, I know what I'm doing. I know my job. I understand mm -hmm. the industry. I feel like I'm ready to make another change. And so they'll either change to a new industry, and that's why they move jobs, because maybe you know they want to try something that looks like a better opportunity. Or they'll make a vertical move within that company so that they can do something more that's a management role. And I think that's really where um, people are choosing career paths and they're thinking, okay, well, what is that next um, 
that next span of time, that next step that I want to take in my in my life so that I'm actually, you know, using my knowledge and also this right. experience and I have a goal of being able to achieve X, whatever X is. Yeah. Lewis, what do you think? I think that's uh, solid advice right there. Uh, the other day, actually, I was watching, you guys remember the movie Risky Business? Oh, yeah. There is one scene, and, you know, just for the sake of the conversation, I wouldn't say the direct quote, but sometimes you just got to say uh, WTF, you know? Sometimes you just got to go for mm -hmm. it. Sometimes you just really got to, like, put yourself out there, you know? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people nowadays don't have what it takes to survive, you know, in an industry that requires their all to be in that place. But that's how you grow, to be <clears> honest. <throat> Everything that you've ever wanted is on the other side of fear, and you only got one life. You, mm -hmm. you have nothing to lose, pretty much, you know? No, and I agree with you. It's like people let fear hold them back rather mm -hmm. than going, okay, well, what's the worst thing that can happen? Because that's honestly how I talk to myself. What's the worst thing that can happen if I don't do this? What's the worst thing that can happen if I do this? And then I sit here and go, okay, well, you know, whatever it is that's holding me back, I've actually addressed it and I've moved on. And I go, okay, I'm going to go ahead and try it. Because if I don't try it, then I'm going to be regretting that I didn't try. And I, I don't want to have that as a regret. Yeah. Yep. Usually uh, give myself something that has helped me out. It's the five-minute rule, right? So if it's kind of like, you know, fear or anxiety or just kind of like, one of those feelings that just puts a hold on you before acting, mm -hmm. I just give it five minutes to take over because what you need to understand is uh, fear, anxiety, or anything like that is natural. It's a natural part of being a human, right? Yeah. You can't right. really block it. However, right. after a certain time, it will start affecting you. So that's why I do the five-minute rule. You know, if I'm, you know, scared of something, if I'm skating down, you know, in California Highway, and I want to jump over something, or if I'm just, you know, doing something else, it's like, okay, five minutes to really think about things, and then I have to make a decision. Not only does that make me move forward, but it makes me act. And if you stay inactive for too long, then that's when really you you don't really accomplish anything. Oh, I would agree with that. I went to a conference where um, one of the speakers said that she realized that fear could, you know, paralyze her. Mm -hmm. And she would set the timer on her clock, similar concept, exactly like what you're saying. And she realized after she did that three times where she said, okay, I'm going to, you know, feel sorry for myself for, for 15 minutes, we'll say. And she went, wow, 45 minutes went by. What could I have been doing that would have been way more positive? So she only had to go through that exercise once to realize what a waste of time is. And you you actually went from 15 minutes down to five minutes and saying, okay, I'm going to make a decision in five minutes. I think that's way more productive. I mean, yeah, yeah it, all, it all comes down to how you value your time. Yes, absolutely. So speaking of valuing time, what is it that you're doing now? So right now, um, I've had a couple of stints here in California, like I said, uh, just trying to find my place. My main mission for moving uh, you know, from Florida to California was to um, develop my passion, which was you know, branding, uh, marketing, uh, and you know, LA is a pretty big city for that. But very uh, interestingly enough, 
I started falling in love with, you know, everything has to do with data and analytics, you know, such as Google or oh, like that anything doesn't surprise that me. Marketing. I would, I would expect that from you, honestly. So, um, I've recently been trying to, you know, do a little career shift in that area right there. And I have had a couple connections help me out here and there, just trying to get um, into that industry. Very cool. So analytics, that's going to make you like hugely valuable. Does that uh, mean that you're getting into like the statistics more? Is that part of it? Like you're really wanting to run the formulas or just uh, be not just, but be on the analysis side? Yeah, exactly. So since this was a little bit new to me, I had to do a little bit more of research. And I found that, um, you know, you have to have that strong critical thinking, insights and whatnot, but also the technical side. So what I've decided to do is start teaching myself or start taking courses regarding data analytics. In fact, uh, I found a website that uh, most Ivy League colleges put on some free classes there and you're able to take them. And it's kind of like one of my new perspectives of this year. It's preservation through self-education, right? Education never ends, even after you graduate or anything like that. I feel like it's going to help me out. That's what I'm doing. Pretty good. So I'm kind of curious. Is Annalie Rowland somebody you know? Who is it? I think it's Annalie Rowland. Is that someone you know? A-N-I-E-L-Y? Doesn't sound familiar. Okay, I didn't know. Because somebody was waving to us on our show. And I went, okay, I don't know. I don't know this name. I didn't know if you knew the name. So none of us know the name. All right, but welcome. We want to tell her welcome. Thank you for watching anyway. Yeah, that's We'd exciting. Like to know you. Yeah. So uh, just write us a little note. Tell us a little bit more about who you are in that uh, chat. That's always a good thing. Um, anyway, um, so you know Damien. Damien got a job working with one of my clients. I brought him in to you know, come in here, and he went through the MBA program at Rollins also. But were you in classes with Damien? I'm really curious about that. So the thing with Damien is we go way back. Um, back when we were freshmen, uh, I met him when he came from Mauritius. He was uh, part of, he was joining the whiteboard team, and he was a transfer student. So I've known him as a freshman. Then sophomore year, we were actually roommates for a semester. Amazing. And- Mm-hmm. So we just hung out, you know, we just lived the college lifestyle. Uh, I know he really wanted to get into business. And sometimes, you know, I would just walk into the room and he'd be speaking French to his parents. So I would try to like learn a little French here and there as well. But yeah, awesome guy. You know, I'm glad for him. He got that position. Uh, who's he working for now? It's affiliate manager, but he actually yeah. is going to be going back home to work in his family business. So I okay. think he has like one more week here. You know, he had to sell the boat. He had to sell uh, the, the yeah, the... yeah. He's taking his cat with him. Did did the cats live with you also? No, no. This was at the uh, on campus housing. Gotcha. Yep. <coughs> yep. So you know when I had looked on Facebook and I went, oh my gosh, you knew Damien, and I went, but how could that be? But I know you were thinking about doing the MBA program, so you guys would have been in that MBA program together too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I decided to move and he stayed. And you know Mario also. Uh, Mario is also another close friend. Yeah. 
Yeah, and Mario and Damien have and Pam have all been on the show, and it's so, just so funny. Now you met Pam through your internship. Mm-hmm. Pamela, well, not Pam, Pamela. I should say that. So that's just what a small world, and it's like I did not know that there were these other. I mean, Pamela, I knew, but I was surprised with Damien. And when I had to sit back and think about when you first started with me, I went, "No, that actually makes sense." They should have been in school at the same time. So, mm. small world. <coughs> have you ever been to his country, Mauritius? Never. I, I haven't explored that side of the world yet. That's still one on my bucket list. Oh, my gosh. It sounds like it's where, well, where it's like it? 12, 13. It's in Madagascar. It's over there by Madagascar. Oh. It's on the other side of the world. So, it takes a long time to get there. Yeah, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, and he was uh, Damien was telling me how he's going to have to take his cat, and the cat is going to be in. He's got two cats, and so they're both going to be going um, in the in the plane. You know, not carry on, but actually going into wherever the pet section is in the plane. So, yeah, yeah. I I hope it's first class for pets. Yeah. <coughs> Anyway, so if you want to be in touch with him, you might want to do that before he takes off. Right, right. We'll because he'll be in a different day in a different time zone. As opposite as you can get. Yeah, pretty much. Anyway, so who are some great leaders that have um, inspired you, given you, you know, something to really, you know, bite off and chew? What is? Who are these people? They can be living, dead, personally known, your parents. It can be Jesus. It can be, you know, anywhere in that spectrum that is somebody between you know or somebody you Jesus. don't know. Hmm? <laughs> the spectrum between your parents and Jesus. Well, not really. It can be people you don't know, too, and people you've read yeah. about. Right. Uh, for me, I mean, it, it's pretty scattered all over the place, to be honest. You know, I can easily say you have been one of those uh, mentors up till, you know, 24 years of life right now that I've had the pleasure of, you know, working with. Uh, the thing that I got from you was that empowerment aspect and really knowing what your skills are. Um, my parents definitely, you know, um, they literally left their lives behind to give me and my brother a better life here in the States. We're from Peru, and we moved here like 14 years ago. So just making that change, I guess me and making this change to move to a different state, kind of experiencing probably what are some of the things that they had to go through. I mean, imagine doing that with a family, uh, changing jobs, careers, and all of that. Country? Uh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> the yeah, country, the culture, pretty, pretty everything. Move. Um, other than that, I do follow this one person. Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of Simon Sinek. Oh, yes. It's like a thought leader, pretty much. And the thing that I love about, you know, his new books, like figure out the why you do things and, you know, how to be a good leader. Uh, I feel that he's that person that is not seeking to make, you know, like a change in the technicality of the world, but change in people. And that's what I really want to focus my goals, you know, my career on. Uh, how to build a better uh, mindset for people moving mm -hmm. on forward. So mm -hmm. that's someone that has really, especially the past two years, I've really followed. So you're really good. Well, thank you for those kind words. I really appreciate that. And I know how much your parents mean to you. And I love Simon Sinek also. Mm -hmm. You know, his book, his latest book is uh, Leaders Eat Last. And I haven't read that book, but, you know, I've heard really good things. I've heard him um, speak about it. And it just sounds like 
the same principles of servant leadership. And I know you and I, when I first told you about servant leadership, you went, what? How is that even possible? But it sounds like you've made that shift into thinking about how there really is a place for servant leadership because you're focusing on the other people that are in the organization. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's all about um, figuring out who you want to be in life. I, I can't remember who said this, uh, but there is this really one good quote is uh, the most two important days of your life are the days that you're born and the day you find out why. And today, up to today, like that's the best quote I've ever heard, probably. So that I'm just true. excited to figure out, you know, like what life is and what's to come and helping other people do that. What else can you want? You know? mm-hmm. So you're over there in Long Beach. How, where is Long Beach located? It's on the southern end of California or the yeah, north Yeah, it's there? definitely SoCal. Uh, it's probably about 40 minutes away from L.A., depending on the traffic. You so know, it's usually, always warm. Trust me, the 405, mm-hmm. 605, once it's get congested, two hours at least before you get to the city. But uh, I live literally three blocks away from the beach. Can't complain. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's I've seen a few of your pictures that. on uh, Facebook, and and the the mountains and the views are just amazing. Yeah. And I have family that lives in San Francisco, and I've been there, mm-hmm. gosh, three times, and and I just love it there. It's so beautiful. Yeah, the mountains were a sight for me. I was just like in Florida. I was just like mountains where. Yeah, there's and none. <laughs> even so, just kind of like you know having having good hair days here and there, just because the humidity is non-existent here at all. Good sun. Like just the the way of living here is so much more relaxed, but very progressive as well. And it's good combination. Mm. I enjoy it so far. Good food, I'm sure. Well, let's go to our second sponsor. I mean, our second patron. So patron. let me correct myself. Yes, thank you. Yes, um, the Simplicity Solutions Group. Simplicity Solutions Group specializes in web design, development, hybrid mobile, and custom web apps built on proprietary application framework. They help businesses thrive in the digital age from web design to records management software. Their website is simplicitysolutionsgroup.com. Thank you, Simplicity Solutions, for being a patron of the Intern Whisperer Live. So we have our transition music again here, just so people know. Okay, so we're going to do the Valencia Spotlight, and we want to tell Valencia College, thank you so much for letting us be in this great studio. Thank you to Q. Also, I appreciate when Q gives me a kick in the butt and helps me to, you know, get on the right path. He did that today. Um, (laughs) Shout-outs. Matt, who's your shout-out to? Uh, Mom and Dad. Okay, Mom and Dad. We love Mom and Dad. That's very good. Uh, Lewis, who's your shout-outs for? A uh, random shout-out to my girlfriend. What's her name? Leanne. Okay, so there you go. Hopefully she knows that she's just now famous. Everybody will know that she is your girlfriend through iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and Podbean, along with this Facebook Live. <laughs> So my shout out, it actually goes to Matt and Lewis. So thank you guys. I really appreciate this was a great show. Lewis, I've been trying to get you on the show for so long. I could not be more thrilled. I know. It's been a good show. Yeah. So people can find us on Facebook, Twitter, listen to us live on mixlr.com forward slash Valencia College Radio and follow Interim Whisperer. And then you can listen, uh, watch us live on Facebook at Valencia College Radio. So as we close, we want to tell you as our listeners, thank you for listening to us. 
and goodbye.